Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marsley. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marsley. Thank you for joining us for another awesome episode today. Uh, before we get into the episode, though, I just wanted to say thank you to our listeners. We're coming up to October, and October is Blindness Awareness Month, and we want to make sure that we produce some episodes that will educate our listeners about blindness and visual impairment. So if there's a topic that you want us to talk about that we haven't hit yet, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. We would love to hear from you. We want to share content that is interesting to you and informative. So please send us an email if there's something that you would like us to talk about. Okay, on with today's show. We're talking about something that's very special. Five years ago, we did a project called Do the Grind Blind. We just had our five-year anniversary uh, this past weekend. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. And because I also participated in Do the Grind Blind, we're bringing Rob back from behind the scenes to host this episode. So welcome back, Rob. Uh, well, thank you very much. And thank you for the opportunity to once again come to Center Stage and, <laughs> uh, and help out. Yeah, no, thanks for being here. And I love it when I get to kind of take a, a seat with the other guests and just be one of them. So I'm excited. So maybe what we'll do to start um, is we should probably introduce uh, some of the people that we have brought on the podcast to talk about it. Uh, these are returning hikers uh, that uh, did the grind um, back five years ago and also participated um, in this weekend's reunion hike. So, um, Sean, I'm going to let you do the introductions. Uh, so take it away. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have, uh, three actually, so four, four youth joined us, uh, this past weekend to hike the grind again for climbers who previously climbed and three of them are with us today. So we have Randy. Hi, Randy. Hello again. We have John. Welcome back, John. Thanks for having me up here again. And we have a first time podcaster, I think. We have Russell. I don't think you've been on Limitless before, have you? No, I haven't. I, I really should uh, more often. I just don't have the time, but I, I should. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for thanks, joining thanks us for today. Me. And we also have with us today one of the guides um, who joined us five years ago and on the weekend. We have Russell, do you want to introduce your guide? So uh, this is, he was my guide going up the grind. Uh, this is my, one, of my, one of my best friends, um, also named Sean, funnily enough. Great but, name. Uh, yeah, great, good name, great name, good name. Mm. But uh, just for uh, simplicity's sake and for clarity's sake, well, we, we, can just, we can just call him Terrence. Do you approve? Yeah, I approve. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Middle name. It was very go. confusing on Saturday because well first of all i should say five years ago when we did 
when we did the grind, we had five Sean, or sorry, we had three Sean's. We had <laughs> myself, nice we had this Sean, and we had Sean Heeslip, who was working with us at the time. Um, and so then on this past Saturday, Russell's referring to Terrence, and I'm like, oh, you brought a different friend? I thought Sean was coming. <laughs> and it was, it was Sean, but he was going by Terrence. So we, just, we decided that early on just for, just to clear things up, make it less confusing for everybody. Cause I already mm -hmm. knew there was like two Sean's and I'm like, Oh, that's right. There's going to be a third one. Right. Probably wasn't an issue cause we were pretty spread out on the trail, but anyways, well, yeah, but still. back to you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe what we'll do first, just for people who, uh, maybe aren't from the lower mainland or who aren't familiar with the gross grind, uh, maybe we'll just uh, put this in a little bit of context and, and describe what it is. So um, the gross grind is basically it's a hiking trail that goes up uh, the face of a mountain uh, in North Vancouver called Grouse Mountain. Um, it's not a long trail. It's only about a mile and a half long. Uh, but the catch to that is that during that mile and a half, you gain elevation of about 2,600 feet. So very, very steep. Um, parts of the trail do have things like uh, some stairs, um, but only parts of the trail. And there's also plenty of obstacles and uneven terrain and switchbacks. So it's definitely not uh, a hiking trail for casual hikers or for anybody who's faint-hearted. So with that, Sean, my first question, I guess, is how the heck did it come about that you took a group of blind hikers and guides up this monstrosity? Well, it was actually Christina Duncan, who's a rec therapist at Sunny Hill Health Center for Children in Vancouver. Uh, I've known Christina for quite a few years, worked together, and she approached me at some sort of pro D thing that we were doing. And she said, I have this idea. What would you think about bringing a group of blind youth up the gross grind. And I had done the gross grind like maybe 15 years before, and it was really, really hard, but also probably one of the things that I was the most proud of doing in my life. Um, and I just love the idea. I'm all about like facing our challenge, challenging ourselves and pushing our limits. I thought it was a fabulous idea. So from there, it kind of brought it to the board. I brought it to the staff. I brought it to the youth. Some people were like not crazy about the idea. Other people loved it. It was kind of, you know, a mix. Um, but I guess more people loved it than didn't. And, and we did it. Now, on that original hike, how many uh, hikers did you take up? So we had nine Blind Beginnings youth, and then we had myself and Sean, an, another staff at the time, who were also visually impaired. So there was 11 visually impaired folks and uh, and then a bunch of guides. Most of the youth had a guide. Most, most of us who were visually impaired had a guide as well, a sighted guide. So now how long did you guys train for this? Because I know you didn't just, you know, show up on the at the bottom of Grouse Mountain on a Saturday and just do it. So how long was that process? We trained for four months. Uh, each month we did a hike and each hike got a little bit harder than the month before. And it was very intentional. It was, you know, starting off with a flat 
10K hike, which took probably two hours. But the idea was if you have trouble walking on a flat surface for two hours, you're going to struggle on the gross grind. So you better start training. Then we did the Coquitlam Crunch, which has about 500 stairs up the side of the mountain. Um, so it's like a quarter of the distance of the gross grind. Um, and again, just sort of getting used to the elevation and going upstairs. And this was also that the guides could also practice on different, different environments. Uh, then we did quarry rock, which I'm saying we, but I actually didn't do quarry rock. Um, I didn't do some of the hikes with the group, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> and quarry rock was more varied terrain. So there was kind of loose gravel, there's some stairs, there's, um, some rocky bits there, you know, it's just to give them idea, the idea of not really knowing what to expect from one part of the hike to the next. And then they did the BCMC trail, which goes up Grouse Mountain. It's a little bit longer, um, not quite as steep, more switchbacks. And that had a lot of challenging components as well. So basically every month it got a little bit harder. The hope was that they were training on their own in between the hikes, but the hikes were sort of the, the group training parts of the project. So I'm going to put this question out to, to everybody for, for the, all, all the hikers. So in terms of this training, did you guys find that it, it prepared you for that, for the actual grind? Um, were you guys, was it, was anybody surprised on either side? Like, was it more difficult or easier than you thought it was going to be? I think there's a measure of, a lot of these um, sessions were sort of like, it depends on on the person. But personally, for me, I found that it helped with um, communicate communication the most because a key part of this whole thing is um, communication between hiker and guide, and especially for uh, Koi Rock and BCMC, uh, not so much for the Crunch and Deer Lake because those those are relatively uh, the same terrain. But you have different varying terrains, and the guide, you know is is figuring out how to communicate with you so it makes it very very uh important to have those that these sort of warm-up training sessions i think um i i personally was a little bit i was surprised at i mean it was a little easier for me personally i found it easier than, than i thought until until bcmc but that's 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 that is difficult because that's a that's the mountain so i think all of the hikes leading up to the grind um definitely helped and were very important but i'm not sure that it's like because i think i can speak for probably the whole most of the group in that we are not hugely athletic people there's a couple of athletes who work out in their spare time in our group who uh, at least one of them is in this podcast today uh, <clears throat> but most of us um do little or pro, you know very little weekly fitness i would say so <clears throat> they gave us a it gave us a good idea but nothing really entirely prepares you for it either. Well, I mean, just the experience of having the training last time and not having it this time, like Russell, would you say there was a difference? Yes, yes, there was. I, yeah. uh, five years really takes a toll. Five years without doing it again, like for in between those five years, plus the pandemic really takes a toll on your physical health. Right. So everyone's gained probably gained some pandemic weights. I'm going back to school. So I'm doing my freshman 15 weight on top of that 10 years later, no training in between for most of us. So it was definitely harder this time. Yes. I can also agree that like 
the the training hikes actually did matter and randy and i and some other people actually did the grind earlier in the summer just for fun to bring some people up and even that time was harder and doing it again like only two months later i actually was able to increase my time it's although it's not like i was hiking every day but yeah we had two reasons for the training one was to kind of like show the youth a bit of a you know what to expect because how can you possibly explain the gross grind to someone who can't see can't it's not like you can google it and look at photos or watch a video of someone climbing or whatever you just until you're doing it that's you're you you do not really know the, the depth of how crazy it is um but the other reason was to prepare the guides for like you, you also, how do you teach a guide to guide up a mountain? Like that's different from just basic sighted guide. So, um, Sean, I'm wondering for you, like, was it, how was it after five years? Have you and Russell been hiking since then? Did you remember? Did you have to sort of start over with all your communication? How did that go? I mean, well, we've kept in touch for, for quite a while. So, uh, but not, but since 2020 was, well, you know, 2020, we didn't qu- it was, I would say it was pretty quick to like, for us to get back into the swing of things like guiding normally. And then, uh, I kind of adapted, uh, to the, to a new form of like, I guess, uh, hiking up, like, I guess, difficult terrain, which was just, uh, looking back, always looking beyond the eyes, observing. Occasionally I would miss some things, um, uh, Russell's, um, I also kind of test to that. <laughs> Yeah, my my shins. You tested that, yes, my shins. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was thinking, I was looking for the body part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was guided this time with Emily, our former staff member, who had never guided on the gross grind before, and um, yeah, it it took about halfway up to develop the language, right? Like, okay, these are house stairs, which is when we would what we would call the man-made wooden stairs because they're a little bit more normal to what you might find in terms of depth in a house whereas uh, house stairs oh, yeah, yeah. I like that name yeah <laughs> or she would say knee if it was a step that was higher than my knee because there's like the yeah the height of the stairs differ depending on what you're stepping up onto so and then sometimes I would need both hands to literally crawl up <laughs> if it was like really like up to my hip. So yeah, we kind of eventually developed some good language because as you get more tired, you have less ability to say more about just, you know, describing what's around you. I mean, I think I was more tired than she was, but <laughs> it helps and, if you figured that out. And big rock and bigger rock don't really cut it. <laughs> That's right. Or big step, really big step. <laughs> Really big step. Yeah. This time around, Russell would know if it's a, it was a big rock or anything. If I would just like stop and like say something in utter disbelief of how I would ever <laughs> how I would describe it or like to guide him towards it. <laughs> I hope that I hope that tone uh, got through to you. It it did it did it worked. I, I was but to be fair, like, I kind of knew it was happening because my uh, I would just be like, all right, this is a big rock. I I, yeah. I would just know. Usually, I don't know. Splendid. Well, we should probably explain that we used hiking poles, um, or at least I did, to instead of a white cane. So you can kind of use the pole to feel the height of the next step that you're going to take, which definitely helped me a lot. I don't think I could do it without the hiking pole. 
So let me ask the people that are here during that training, that initial training, was anybody here tempted to bail on this whole idea? And uh, did and actually, did you lose anybody um, during that training process? We did lose one person, but we sort of knew from the very beginning she probably wasn't going to do the grind because she had a surgery booked. So it's not, it wasn't so much that she dropped out because it was too hard. It just wasn't going to work out. Um, but she wanted to start with the group and do the parts that she could do. There is one other person I know who considered after the first hike that maybe this was going to be too hard, but she did stay with it and ended up doing really well. Um, but I don't know if any of you guys, did any of you have second thoughts about this through the training? I don't uh, know if I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. A lot of stuff I... happened in between. And uh, it, once it's over, you kind of blank. It, like It's kind of like looking back at the hike, it's kind of like a bit of a haze of a fog of like, oh, what was I thinking then? What was happening then? I don't really remember. Yeah. I, I had, I don't think I had any, uh, I, I was actually, I was actually looking forward to, it, to, to the hike, actually. I was, I was, um, I remember being very excited about it. Like every, every time we do a training uh, hike, I'd be like, excited for the next one. Go, All right, next, what's next? What's next? What's next? Mm. So I was kind of anticipating it. Is this the part where I'm supposed to mention that I wore a 20 pound vest? It can be. Yes. I was thinking <laughs> that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of people that were extra, um, um ambitious shall we say yeah i just threw some, got some vests we threw some plates in russell's bag and clement's bag and yeah we had a little fun did you actually wear a weighted vest for the actual grind no because that would defeat the point of going up the mountain quickly oh, I, I see. The BCMC. so yeah so for some of the training hikes you were carrying extra weight so that you would be extra fit <laughs> yeah something like that make it make it extra hard so that you're more prepared for the brutalness of the grind. You put some weights in my bag too. <laughs> wow. For most yes. of us, the challenge was just making it to the top, not making it to the top fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally. I think we did either in in the either of the original hike or this hike. I don't think we did too bad overall with timings. Um, I think the record is something ridiculous, like under half an hour. But that's clearly somebody who does it all the time. I think most of us did it in about two, the original hike. Yeah, around that. I think two like hours, two, two, two hours, two, I think the average is like two hours, yeah. 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 Well, I, no, I think Sean was last, you were all really close. You were in within the hour and a half to hour 45 to 50. The, the last like one or two were just over two hours. I think oh, really? mine was hour 40, so. Yeah, they were, they were actually pretty, because we actually did the training. Everyone was like, because I finished an hour 20 something. And then Randy was next to 20 minutes after that. And then everyone was coming in like right behind her, like every five or so minutes. So, well, I, in my defense, <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to see when you bring that up. <laughs> I broke my foot after the first training hike uh, five years ago. And I didn't get to do the second, the third, or the fourth. And then two weeks before the gross grind, my doctor said, Yes, you're good to go. You can hike. So I was super. I didn't, I was not prepared. I was not very fit. And I, I don't know how I got up that quickly because I feel like, you know, I'm, I feel like I am fitter now than I was then not recovering from anything broken. <laughs> and yet it took me an extra hour this time <laughs> compared to last time. So 
I don't know, but I am we older. Can, we could attribute that to Derek. Well, yeah, that's interesting. Cause <laughs> so my husband was guiding me five years ago and there is a little bit of dragging me up the mountain, you know, come on, you got this. <laughs> <laughs> Emily was much more patient and just letting me go at my own pace and very, um, very courteous. So that, <laughs> I, I don't know if that, that shaved an entire hour, but who knows? Well, who else uh, joined you for the first time on this hike, Sean? Oh yeah. This past weekend, my son joined me and he's turning nine this week. So he's only eight. Uh, and he did it and he beat me. Did an awesome job. <laughs> they just left you in the dust there. He yeah. did. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> After a certain did. point. <laughs> <laughs> So now it's it's funny. Like I've I've done the, the grind a couple times uh, in my life, uh, and probably never again. Um, but uh, I know that for myself, like you know, it it's it is a struggle. You know, especially when you hit that halfway mark and and you think you're at the top. Uh, that's a real moment. Um, huh. But but in any case, like <laughs> di, uh, if your experience was a little bit different because you guys were all sort of part of this event and you you sort of a you were part of a, a sort of a community that was that was climbing it. Did you did you find that that really made a difference? Like did you you know the, that encouragement that you're getting from each other and just sort of that drive to to make the event a success? Do you think that that played uh, a factor in in your the climb it definitely did for me i i remember being competitive with clement who was right ahead of me for the first part of the grind five years ago like there was some sort of you know banter back and forth about who was going to beat who up the mountain but also the media was there there was a documentary was being filmed of the whole thing so I knew there were cameras occasionally that could be watching which makes me push harder <laughs> so I think a mix of the adrenaline and like five four months leading up to this like it was a big deal um we we're all pretty excited it was we were a really large group we were over 20 people um that definitely helped me because because this past weekend we were you know much a smaller group still a group and still helps to have the group but there wasn't the same nobody's really watching no one was competing with anybody except john might have been competing with himself but <laughs> but john's yeah, always competing with true so that was my experience what about you guys yeah, um, I'd agree. I'd agree that uh, it makes a difference how many people you're with. And um, this is actually the third time this summer I've done the grind. I had never, I didn't plan to do it three times this summer. It just kind of happened um, with three very different times. First time I went with just one person. It was basically just us, but we did get a lot of encouragement along the way because I, I wore a sign on our back, on my backpack, just to identify us in case we we're holding up the entire trail, you know, because we didn't have this big group and, coordinated t-shirts and everything like five years ago um and we did i think it took about five and a half hours to get to the top um and that's really hard when one or the other of you is just like feels like you're dying and the only other person to encourage you is the other person who's also feels like they're dying mm -hmm. um the second time was with john and a couple of other people and that uh the time was i think two and a half, half hours yeah roughly um for me that day personally went badly but you know we all made it to the top anyways 
And then this time with more people, um, and I think you said it was about 250 or, you know, close to three hours for the last of us few. I think it, it helped a bit also because of the, we also, everyone's cams, everyone's hiking poles were painted like white canes and we all had t-shirts. And so while we were hiking, we also did a lot of talking and advertising to random people. So by the time like people were getting up, by the time I even got up, there were already people who had passed us, who we talked to, and they're like all sitting around and cheering. And you end up meeting um, a lot of different people. Like we met some people doing the hike who were from California on a business trip and some other people that just do it a lot for fun, kind of, or for well, extra fun exercise for them. And, you know, cause it's, it's not just the locals that do it. It's, you know, a kind of a tourist. If you, if you're a looking for an athletic kind of tourist thing to do, it's one of the main attractions. I know that the documentary, the, the presence of the cameras and the the media and the documentary stuff, it really, yeah, you you can probably if you if you see the documentary, uh, it really kicked my competitiveness into high gear. Uh, I was, <laughs> I was, um, I I am normally like kind of competitive ish a little a little bit, but like since with the added the added cameras, I was like playing up a little more, so I ended up being super competitive, and I think actually kept me going because i remember i um didn't want to rest like i was like i was like going 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 and i thought hey it's time for a water break and i'm like no no water break keep going keep going i it was it was and now that one this time this didn't didn't have it so i just i didn't have any cameras no no, no pressure so i'm just like oh just water break okay <laughs> so yeah yeah it was like then. russell and i discussed um we, uh, looking back on the on the on the do the grind do the grind blind he he really came out like the villain of the of the documentary with like being the <laughs> sounding like a, the arrogant um, <laughs> um, kid. <laughs> I was like, no, I cannot. This cannot be when when he like got to the top while there was like happy music playing in the background. <laughs> it was quite hilarious. I think he was more the comic relief. I, I, he was Bam. pretty funny. I feel like we're all referring to um, accessible media made a documentary called do the grind blind and you can find it on YouTube. If anybody wants to watch it, it's a 40 minute documentary of the whole training and hike. And it's really, really good. And uh, they picked like three youth to feature and Russell was one of them. So, and he was quite hilarious. I feel like, I don't think you were trying to be funny, but it comes across as funny. I, I looked at it now. And I'm like, I, I looked at, I, I watched the documentary in preparation. Like, I think I watched it like a few days before the reunion, like just to like, just to like remember all the stuff that happened. I'm just like, oh, I'm watching it. I'm just, I'm like, oh, I said that. Why did I say that? Like yeah. I was like, regretting what I said. I'm like, why? Why did I say that? What? 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 What is this? Like I was, I was, like, critiquing myself, and I, and I was like, uh, <laughs> wasn't too satisfied with my performance in it. But if you guys thought it was good, then yeah, okay, I'll like good. it. I guess. I wish we had a GoPro for Russell for this last trip because I think that would, that you stick him side by side, and I think that would have looked hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I would have been dying. You wouldn't see me. I, I was. I would have been like, <gasps> I would have been dying. Like, I just been something over the the camera would just would have just been all over the place. I'd just be dying. Like, well, we could already hear your motivational oh. noises most uh, of the way up. Ah, uh, yes. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, that's just me. That's just my exertion of energy. I, I need to have it. It's, it's it's a good thing to do. <laughs> Russell was, was like screaming 
like pretty <laughs> regularly. Ah! <laughs> uh, Every time I stop, it sounded like he was in pain, and people no, were wasn't. actually asking Randy and I, "Is he okay?" Like we no, were I worried wasn't. the helicopters were going to come in and take him off to the hospital. <laughs> I wasn't they're in like, pain. They're like, "Is your friend okay?" You don't really seem very concerned about him, and I'm like, "Yeah, no, he's fine. I think he's just motivating himself." That or just we're just really terrible friends. <laughs> I heard Russell before he even got to the top of the mountain. Was he yelling? These yep, I was, I, I was sitting there just waiting, and all of a sudden I hear something. I'm like, "What was that?" And then I hear it again. I'm like, "Is that Russell?" <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't even come up the top of the boulders yet. No, the thing. I'm just like, oh, "It's probably him," unless some rather random person is yelling on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably me. I must say that. Um... Me in the middle of the grind after Russell got like the ass out of the out of the system. It was a very cool, quiet and nice hike up. <laughs> there, it was like forest ASMR. <laughs> peaceful. I was like, wow, why is it so quiet? And I, I, then I just hear like Russell just breathing heavily. I'm like, I need to take a break. I'm like, okay, that's that was the only like disruption of noise that I that got. <laughs> well, see, 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 he did training before. He actually did some training before he went though. Like he, he like was. I, I remember him messaging me. He's like, oh yeah, I just took a walk. I'm soaking sweat. I'm just here sitting in my. I'm here sitting sitting on my front of my computer eating a Big Mac from McDonald's. And I'm just like, yes, training. Yes, uh, should probably do that. Never did it. I mean, I, yeah, I would offer you to. I did offer to, uh, to like piggyback you up. <laughs> you, that would have been extra weight. You would. You want an extra one forty-five pounds? That's okay. I mean, uh... that's funny. I did only give you guys like three weeks' notice that we were doing the reunion hike. If that might not have even been three weeks, so that, I didn't really give a lot of time for any it was like training. A month. <laughs> Yeah. It might have been less for, for Terrence there. <laughs> That's true. Same time. We we did hike up Bernie Mountain a couple of times. Like we we, we went like he we went we, I, he came over to my place and we hiked up Bernie Mountain a couple of times for training because we were like, okay, we better do something. Mm-hmm. We should do at least something. That's good. Yeah. So we did that Bernie, a couple of times. Yeah, Bernie Mountain. It was it was pretty it's a pretty good place. Uh very short, very but very steep. So well, let's um let's talk about the, the reunion climb then. Um so Sean, who who came up with the idea to do a reunion climb, and uh, and how did you feel about it initially? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. No, I think it was Rob actually that came up with the idea. He's like, well, so last year when we were coming up to the anniversary of of Do the Grind Blind, we talked about maybe doing a podcast about it, and and then we realized that it was four years. And if we waited a year, we could maybe do a five-year reunion and then talk about it. So that's like, I've been worrying about this for a year. Uh, <laughs> it's a good time to train. You could have warned everybody. I did do it a year ago. I think I wasn't sure if it would really happen or not. And then all of a sudden this summer, it was like, okay, this is this is happening. This is coming up. I got to put it out there and see if people are interested. So, I mean, it, if we had had more capacity, it would have been maybe cool to put it out there to all of the blind beginnings community to see if there was a new group of youth who wanted to train and you know kind of like bring back the returning hikers but also bring in some new hikers but it was our first year back to in-person programming after covid we just didn't really have the capacity to do that so i only invited those who had done it before 
And it was a, it was cool to see, you know, there were a few more people who were also interested, but we just couldn't land on a date that worked for everybody. So we ended up doing the reunion on the exact anniversary date, which is kind of cool. Um, and I was just grateful that we had the group that we did. It was cool. And some people had to hike with a different guide this time. Um, Sean and Russell were lucky to be, you know, the same pair as, as five years ago, but some people had to kind of learn a new communication system with their guide, um, maybe didn't know each other as well, but I think everyone had a good time and we all made it up and nobody got injured. So I think it was a success. <laughs> Not seriously injured anyways. I didn't fall and cut my hand, but it was like very superficial, just shoved a bandit on it till we got home. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, I <laughs> whacked my shin a couple. My shin has a couple of nasty bruises, but other than that. Ooh, I oh, I do actually I have a little scrape on an elbow that hit a rock somewhere along the way. But I mean, that's just normal life, I feel like. <laughs> I have a huge like galaxy colored bruise on the back of my thigh right now from where I, I went to sit down and I misjudged. So I landed on a pointy rock next to the flat rock I was aiming my butt for. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Quite so spectacular. You, so you have a resting injury. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, it was it was it was still in motion <laughs> until I hit the rock. That was the problem. So I want to talk actually a little bit about about that about climbing with with a um, somebody that you hadn't been training with and sort of comparing what those two. Um, experiences were like because it seems to me that you know initially when you talk about oh well we didn't do any training you think of the physicality part of that but it sounds like that's actually not the biggest challenge the biggest challenge is like learning that uh, communication yeah absolutely uh, I mean for me my guide had only ever guided me on sidewalks so to, to like take it to a hike you know we'd never done a hike before um, thankfully we know each other pretty well and respect each other. And like, I trust her completely. So I, I wasn't really worried, but sometimes, I mean, John, you were paired up with Johnny and I don't know how well you really knew him, if that was comfortable or uncomfortable or, you know, how was that for you? Oh, uh, before I say that, I will also like to mention that Sean's guide, when she was driving us up the mountain was like asking us questions. She's like stressing out a little bit. <laughs> she was like, Oh. I haven't guided it forever, and now I got to guide up a mountain. What are we doing? How am I doing this? And I, she's she's worried about. It was pretty funny on the way up. I will say that. And then, <laughs> uh, I do know my guide a little bit because um, his younger brother is um uh, like I knew him a lot when he was growing up. So we kind of knew each other a little bit, and we got to know each other a little more on the trail. And for me, like I didn't need I didn't need too much. There's actually some points where I actually kept him from falling backwards a couple of times, I had to remind him to uh, like a little bit more hiking form than just like walking up stair form kind of thing. And it was, it was all right. We had a decent time. I, was, I could still, I'd also realized that my vision was different back then too. Cause I had my mm -hmm. cataract surgery in 2018 or something. So my eyes are a little different, but I was still like, as long as I can see where your feet are going, I'm just going to follow you up the trails on these skinny parts. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. My vision has definitely changed too. Um, and I mean, now it's just completely not helpful <clears throat> at all. Uh, but that factors in too. And there, there are parts of the trail where you can't really like, it's like so you, you skinny. Can't hold on at all. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you have to just let go and kind of climb up parts of it. So 
uh, I'll open this up to anybody. What, if anything, surprised you the most about this particular reunion hike? I think for me, I'm every time I do the grind, I've done it four times now, I'm surprised at how hard it is. And I don't know why that surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> but every single time I go into it thinking, I got this. I can do this. I've done it before. I know what I know what to expect. And I'm always like, I did not remember it was this hard. I like I just it, it just catches me off guard every time. Um, I definitely remember I was like, no, I did it last time five years ago. I, I kind of already knew I was like, all right, um, I that was five years ago. I was in better shape back then. It's going to be hard, but we trained, right? We trained, right? It should be too bad. And I remember halfway up, like, I think. I halfway up, I just started dying. I was like, "All right, well, uh, I I I may have made a mistake." Like, I I think at one point I was walking up a bunch of stairs, and I was just like, "All right, I may have made a mistake. I, I may have uh, underestimated my athletic abilities, and now now I uh, I made a mistake. I can't turn back now. It's halfway, so so yeah. I gotta I gotta I gotta finish it." Pretty much the same for me, because even though I've done it, this was the third time this summer, let alone five years ago or last year or anything. It's still, like I said before, it's kind of like, you know, when you're in the middle of it, it's you're feeling everything and then you finish it and it's kind of like, it's almost like surreal where it was like, did that really happen? I don't really, is are, am I sure that that was real? And, you know, uh, at the quarter way up mark, there's this big scary sign that's like, like, it's like eight feet, 10 feet tall. And it's like, are you sure you want to keep going? This is the last place you can turn around. Have you run out of water? Are you feeling lightheaded? Like turn back now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> here there be dragons. It actually says, if you are feeling tired now, and I was totally feeling tired already. I was like, um, I'm not going to admit that I'm already feeling tired, but I am feeling tired. <laughs> And then once you're once you're further, like you can't. I mean, some people go against the rules and do go down because you're not supposed to go back down the the flow of traffic on that trail. But down would be almost as hard. And once you're halfway up, it's still, you know, like it would still be. It would be almost as hard to get back down as it would be to get up. And you 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 internally refuse to be that person that they have to call search and rescue for. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, that's right. Just, we we should mention that because um, like this is not a trail that you can just change your mind uh, once you're sort of a little ways up. Uh, they don't actually let you go down uh, because people were getting injured when they were trying to go down. And I tell you that like that halfway mark, I, I that that sign is burned into my memory uh, because that is the mark where you just go, oh, I've made a huge mistake. And I, <laughs> I know what you're speaking of, Russell, because that's exactly my thoughts, too. Um, but, yeah, you're you're sort of committed once you start it. And so, I, you know, I'm curious to know whether that whether in the original hike or even this one, is, were you guys really nervous about like going past that mark and, and knowing that you there was no turning back? I was when I did it earlier this summer. Um, but by this time around, I was like, OK, well, I have more water than I did before. I've done this two other times this summer. I have to be able to do this again, even if it like takes hopefully not five hours again. But look, if you go at a really slow pace and take like five or six hours, it's not nearly as like bad the entire time. <laughs> but then it you know, takes you a really long time. So 
um, that was also deceptive in a way because I was, you know, halfway up sometime or somewhere that time and was like, oh, you know, I, this is, this isn't that bad. I could just do this again by myself. Like, you know, maybe like, you know, not being too ambitious, like maybe like three times or four times a summer. And then like you get out finish the rest of it. And it's like, never mind. What was I thinking? That's absolutely insane. I'm not doing it again. For me, there was never, ever going to be a not finishing. I mean, I would have finished if I, you know, nothing would have stopped me from finishing five years ago for sure, because there were cameras and, <laughs> and I'm very competitive and prideful, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and this time, yeah, just pure determination. I mean, I was so dead that last quarter. It was rough. I would take, I feel like I would take 10 steps and need to rest again. Like, I don't know what was going on. It was like, my body was like, no, no, you're done. Why are you still doing this? But we had to keep going. So, but there was never going to be that I wasn't going to finish. I might've come in crawling, but <laughs> I was going to finish. Yeah. The five years ago, it was the second time I've ever done it. I did it once back in like 2008 or something with Clement and one other person and some people. And I was like, yeah, we're getting up this mountain and we're getting up there way faster than the last time because we are not having someone telling us to stop and wait for that one person way back down there. No, no, we're going. Mm. Well, yeah, John, I was wondering about you because you're you, you're always the first one up. Like, do you even feel like part of the group? We didn't see you. You left us at the bottom. <laughs> we didn't see you till we got to the top. The rest of us were kind of together for a lot of it, but do you... Is it lonely at the top? <laughs> <laughs> it's always lonely. No, <laughs> no. I still had, I still had Johnny. I still had my guides. So we had a lot of time to talk, and we just chilling. And well, well that's funny because um, when me and Randy did it earlier this summer, they were. I actually, there were since there were four of us, and technically three of us were visually impaired. We only had one sighted person. I was mm. following one of the other people who was visually impaired, and then at a certain point, like. I actually kind of just ditched them because I'm like, I'll just walk past you and walk in front of you for a bit because it was all the sta the house stairs, as Sean mm -hmm. would call it. Mm -hmm. And then I would I could still hear um, them talking behind me and I would keep going and going. And if I couldn't see the trail anymore, I'd just wait for the next pair of feet to walk by and I'd follow those up, feet up the hill. And that's how I did the last bit. So that time I was actually alone. Felt lowly up there. But this time, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I still had Johnny. So we had a good time. We could have taken a nap. We could have gone and eaten before you guys got there. We're just like, I thought you, because uh, the other times you were all really close behind. I was like sitting there looking at my watch. I'm like, um, yeah, where did nobody go? <laughs> um, I even messaged, I was like, I messaged Randy and Russell, like, what number are you guys at? Because I wanted to see and no one answered for like 20 minutes. I'm like, where me and Johnny are talking. Maybe they don't want to tell us because they're, they don't want to admit where we are. Because I, I also got a text to, um, asking, tell me when I got there because they were placing bets on how fast I would get up there this time. Mm -hmm. We were forecasting. I was forecasting about an hour and a half for, for John. <laughs> and then I, 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 yeah, he had messaged me back asking me where we were. And I just forgot to answer at the next like couple of water breaks. because I was too focused on, you know, water and resting and stuff and not pulling out my phone. And then I saw a second text and I was like, this is the entirety of the text word for word. 33 of 40 dying. <laughs> because there's little markers on the trees as you go up um that are like out of 40 um i don't know what measurements they're using if it's distance or height or number of steps or whatever but basically you know out of 40 you know each 10 is about a quarter of the way roughly and so you know 33 of 40 dying 
So he was already done and we were just over halfway. (laughs) (laughs) Just to put that into perspective. (laughs) Well, we we really, like even when we were going, I even told Johnny, I'm like, okay, the, the part I find the hardest is right at the start because the steps are really wide and there's, it's like, it's more of a trail than the stairs. And also you're getting used to the elevation again. So I didn't, mm-hmm. I felt like we were just walking, even though I, I, we were walking in front of you guys and I could still hear Russell back down there yelling. And, um, and Nick and the other young um, little boy that was there, they're, they're kind of hanging out near us. And we think that um, if, if the moms had let them, they would have just stayed with us the whole time. But mm-hmm. yeah, at us, at us, we actually, when we got to the halfway mark, I think we actually did the 20 markers in a little over 30 something minutes. And I was like, are we going too fast? Am I going to like regret this when we get to the last quarter? And I kind of did, but I didn't feel like we were going that fast. We just kept walking, taking short breaks and going. The longest break I had was talking to some people who asked me if I was actually blind and I had a good five minute conversation about blind beginnings and a bunch of stuff. So let me ask everybody this, and and this sort of applies to the original um, grind as well as as the reunion. Why was it important for you to participate in it? I just wanted to, one one reason was because it's just fun to do it with the group and just doing it again. And then the second reason was because we did it earlier in the summer, I wanted to beat my time from (laughs) earlier in the summer and try and get closer to my time from five years ago. Basically, I was... Um, I kind of was funny thing was, uh, I was talking about the grind, uh, to a few people. I think I remember what I was taught, what the context of the conversation was, but I was definitely talking about the grind. I'm like, Oh yeah, we did that like five years ago. I remember that was, that was a fun thing. And then I think like a month later, Sean's email comes up and I'm like, did, did I just see the future? Like, like I was just doing the, having the grind cravings again. So I just, I jumped at it. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to go. For me, this time around was mostly just like, well, there's no reason, you know, schedule wise, I can't do it. So I'll do it a third time this summer. Cause again, I hadn't, I, I don't know what I, I originally was just like, let's do it with a friend or a group of friends, but then it didn't work out. So I had a couple of groups of friends that we went up different times. And then the reunion email came out and I was like, well, I can only improve on how the last, the second time ended for me personally. So you know, let's, uh, let's do it again. And the original hike, it was more so of just like, again, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a group of people. Um, of course, you know, there is the, uh, more public aspect of like, look what, you know, look, we can do all the same things, whether we're blind or half blind or totally sighted or not. Um, but personally it was just mostly like, yeah, it's sure. It's a challenge. Let's do it with a group. Um, and this summer, the main reason I was doing it on my own time, anyways those first two times was like i'm not the kind of person that likes going to a gym um so i'm just trying to find like fitness related things that i can do with some people and kind of keep keep going uh five years ago was definitely about changing perceptions of blindness and you know i feel like people people who don't really know much about blindness are shocked and amazed by some of the things that we're able to do and those things are kind of just daily living type things like walking down the street and crossing a street or cleaning your house or getting dressed. (laughs) So I feel like if people see a group of youth who are blind climbing the gross grind, then they're probably going to question being so shocked at some of those average things that we do just live in our lives. So that's, 
that was why I loved the idea. And I did the five-year reunion or the, yeah, the reunion hike because Rob made me. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I love this podcast and I wanted to have it fresh in my mind when we talked about it. Content. That's right. It's, it's all, all for about content, the as the YouTubers say. <laughs> it's right. all for content. How about you, Terrence? You could have said no. <laughs> oh, no, the, the answer is simple, really. Uh, I, Russell, I may be Russell's guide, but uh, Russell, uh, but that's only physically. Uh, Russell guides me as a person, so I, of course I had to go. <laughs> Aw, that's so oh, nice. Wow. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry now. <laughs> well, don't. <laughs> well, thank you to all of you for like five years from now. <laughs> mm, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> but thank you to all of you for coming back and hiking with me this Saturday and for being here today to share about it. Uh, this Do the Grind Blind was one of the highlights of my career, really. I, I feel like it'll always stand up as a really amazing moment. And I feel like we made history. There's a documentary and everything. So thank you for being here. It was yeah, fun. good. I really liked it. I, I still tell people about um, the, the the grind. I still tell people about that, and they're I, I they're still so impressed. Like I I um I you know I always tell people, oh yeah, I, I did. Well, I don't always, but like when I get the chance, obviously, I do tell them about it, and they they always are always so impressed with the documentary and they're like, wow, you did that. It's, it's, it's really empowering to, to see them be so impressed with us. And I kind of feel, I feel like it's, um, uh, I, I guess it's a sense of, a sense of accomplishment, which is nice. Yeah. It's always nice to have. Um, and it's, it's always good. To, it's always good to see that side people are super impressed with, with what, with what people can do. And I think that's a really good, um, thing to have like chasing that accomplishment chasing that yeah i can do it too like chasing that feeling is a very good thing to strive for i think so i just like having those fun times and when sean throws out random ideas hey let's go try that okay sure let's go try that we're still waiting for do the skydiving blind and hey (laughs) do the the sky blind dive on the sky blind yeah i'm not doing that i'm not doing that with you sorry That's not happening. I want to see Rob do the giant's ladder though. We got to get that next summer. I also want to thank Rob for taking on hosting today. Thank you for your questions. My pleasure. And if you have not seen Do the Grind Blind, you can Google it on YouTube. Uh, It's produced by Accessible Media and it's really great. So check it out. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.